gospel reading for this morning <clears throat> comes from Luke's gospel beginning in the 8th chapter at the 26th verse. And this is what Luke wrote. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. And for a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. And Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter those. So he gave them permission. And then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. Well, when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. And then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. And the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, we are freed to free others. We are affirmed to affirm others. We are loved to love others. We are family. We are community. We are the church, you, me, anyone who would come to the Lord. Renewed, redirected, empowered to change things and lives together in love and wholeness. We are the people sent to be alleluias when there is no music. The mantle is on our shoulders. So open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. A man driving along a road heard a strange clang, but he just ignored it and kept on driving. And when he got home, he realized that one of his hubcaps was missing. So two weeks later, while driving home along the same stretch of road, he noticed his hubcap propped up on the side of the road. And stopping to get it, he found a note attached to it. And it read, I've been looking for you. 
You know, folks, many times folks are just like that hubcap. We find ourselves thinking that there is just no good way to get back to God when we feel lost. Today's story reminds us that God comes looking for us. Broken lives surround us. The only thing nowadays is that you and I can't readily see them. There's no little badge or a button that pops up that allows us to read broken life. Thank heavens most of us don't run around naked or live in a cemetery. But that does not mean that we are not living in chains or wandering around among the tombs of the past. Alcoholism, drug abuse, sexual, physical, oral abuse, divorce, premature death, bankruptcy, loss of a job, abandonment. These are just but a few examples of how our lives can be broken. These are just but a few of the chains that bind us these days. Now, we generally don't call them demons today. We label most demons as mental, mental or physical disabilities. But I do believe that demons still exist. Maybe not the kind that you need to have a priest come over and exercise, but demons of our past, demons that keep us from being whole, demons that bind us and keep us from becoming all that God wants us to be and created us to be. Those kinds of demons, folks, they thrive today. And they do the very exact same thing that these demons did to this man in this story. They bind us to the past and fill us with self-destructive behaviors. We act out of our lostness. We act out of the pain that we feel. And we even come to believe that we are the problem. So we just keep on hurting ourselves, just like we've always been hurt. So the people who first heard this story, I really believe, just must have loved it. In addition to all the great action and dialogue, there was that old rivalry between the Jews and the Gentiles and the Romans. First, what could be more fun for the good Jews of Galilee than to hear a story about the unkosher, unlucky, and generally different Gentiles on the other side of the lake? just to think about how they really were. And how about all of those unclean pigs that come to a well-deserved and hilarious end? Second, there's the political subtext with the Romans. Everybody knew instantly it was no accident that the demons called themselves legion. It was a term that came from the Roman occupying force, the famous and feared Roman legions. And third, there is the matter of the pigs. They were part of a staple diet for Gentiles and Romans. They had a big part in this economy. But this story is really much more than a bizarre interlude in the middle of Jesus' Galilean ministry. Caesar's legions and Caesar's rations were being used as a metaphor for Jesus displaying real power in destroying them both. And this is for us, even today, really good news. And it is really good news about power. In fact, all sorts of power. 
The Gerasene demoniac appears just after the more familiar story of Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee. In fact, the storm was on the very same trip that took Jesus and the disciples to Gerasa. Both of these stories help to provide the run-up to the big question that Jesus asked the disciples in the very next chapter, Who do you say that I am? And all of these stories point to the correct answer. They aren't stories about what Jesus did so much, but rather about whom Jesus is and the powers that were associated with him. And scripture, folks, is very clear on this. The power which was the last word is found in the name of Jesus. Paul would go on to write in Philippians, and I quote, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, there are a lot of powers out there that we cannot see. Powers that come and do harm. Powers that isolate and torment and destroy all sorts of things in all sorts of ways. This story of the demoniac, like the story of the calming of the sea, like so many of the other stories of Jesus, are just ways of saying that the powers out there, regardless of how we name them, regardless of how real they appear and are, regardless of how awful they really are, none of them, none of them is ultimately powerful. None of them will has or will have the last word, not one of them, not one, will prevail, regardless of how it looks or how we might feel at this present time. In the end, when all is said and done, we are all safe in the power that Jesus brings. It is the power of love, the power we see most clearly on that cross. The true power will prevail until the very end. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what is lined up against us. The Gerasene demoniac had more to worry about than his demons. He was an outcast. He was cut off from his family, from his friends, from his whole community. But by the time Jesus was through with him, He was not only in his right mind, but he was dressed appropriately, and Jesus told him to go home, a home that he did not have when this story began. This man was given the fullness of his life back and also became a wonderful testimony of the power of Jesus to the Gentiles. And please notice that this incident created quite a reaction with the townspeople. They immediately ran away and they told everyone else. And then the rest of the folk came and saw for themselves. And from how they reacted, we might guess that they were unprepared for what they ran into. They were not prepared to see this previously crazy and violent man whom they had feared so much that they had put him in chains, now just sitting there in his right mind, 
listening to every word that Jesus had to say. And they were so shaken by this that they asked Jesus to go away immediately and leave them alone. Because you see, all of their lives they had been dealing with this sick man. And they may not have handled things the very best way, but they felt that they had come to know what to do while he was sick. And now that Jesus had come along and healed him, they didn't quite know what to make of it or what to do. Hear this. They simply were not prepared to deal with this man being well. It would probably require too much change on their part. So remember this. No matter where we go or what we may yet do, we are protected by the love of what Jesus is. And the love that Jesus brings is stronger than anything the world or things not of this world can throw at us. And please hear this as my final word this morning. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And whatever negative power that is against you at this present moment, rest assured, my friends, that it will never, ever sustain itself in the presence of Jesus. And that is good news of great joy to tell all the people. And also, just a great place to hang your hat. Journey well together. Amen.